And welcome back to the bunker, everyone. Before before we get into the episode tonight, I have uh, I have a few announcements. I just uh, jumped on my application just before uh, hitting record, and I saw that uh, our listens just surpassed four thousand, which is pretty cool considering before the last episode I just did with Peter. Uh, the last episode was <laughs> a long time ago, so haven't been posting regular videos or, or, or any audio, but even though I haven't been producing more content, the listeners were still coming and coming and, uh, you know, we're super grateful for that. So thanks for, for joining us, everybody who has, um, who's recently jumped on board and, uh, with lots of past episodes, you can, you can check out everything from ghosts to aliens to cryptids to, you know, pretty much the, the full gambit. I'm going to actually be, I'm going to start releasing subscriber-only content uh, pretty soon. And that's going to be shorter clips. They're going to be maybe like 30 minutes or less. And that's going to be uh, for subscribers only. And it's going to be sort of behind the scenes, sort of candid interviews and um, clips of investigations um, stuff like that. So all the stuff that I, that we, you know, we do when we investigate and so forth is going to be actually utilized in the podcast. I mean, I have loads and loads of past, um, investigations as well and, and hundreds of EVPs stuff to, to go back into the, into the vault and actually share. And I'll be sharing that extra content for subscribers only and details will be to follow. Uh, I'll be also be setting up, I'm setting it up right now, actually a new website, which is on WordPress. The address is going to be, I believe, probably the bunkerparanormalpodcast.com. That's what I, that's what it looks like it's going to be. So, uh, so look out for that. Uh, again, updates will follow. Actually, we are going to be Beth and I are going to be on a new program on Riverside FM that's coming soon. It's called Terra Signals, and it's a new it's a new show. It's going to be put out by our friend Justin Bamforth of Normal Paranormal. And uh, we're going to be on that show. He's going to be launching that really, really soon. So look out for that. Again, more details will be to follow. So we're going to be talking about West Hill Manor. Yep. So I have uh, Beth here with me. First time in a while. We're going to be jumping in and talking about West Hill, some of our investigations, and just what's been sort of going on around that location. But... Before that, I mean, what um, what do you want to share with the listeners? Like, what have you been up to since you know since last year? Really, last summer, I think, is when mm. we were we were last on with Christina, right? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. You've been doing uh, you've been doing some tea leaf reading classes. Oh yeah. Recently, that have been. Pretty, I thought you meant us. Sorry. Pretty big hit. Yeah, we haven't been investigating that many um, places. Yeah, but. Yeah, I you know I have do some stuff like that psyche development classes and things like that and um yeah tea leaf reading classes and uh, i did a candle ma candle magic class last night and all these places are in new jersey so they're local that's right how did the candle magic go that it went good that's pretty cool we did that on that retreat as yeah well. when that's... i did that at willow candles my friends in atco new jersey so it's cool to do it at a place that sells candles yeah, that's 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 perfect for that location. Yeah, so essentially, what it is is sort of like a little miniature 
like a little miniature or sort of like a ritual or ceremony where you like kind of put intention into a candle, right? And then you put designs on it that reflect sort of what intention you want to achieve or something like that, right? Well, yeah, it's only it's all for your highest good. It's just for yourself, not for anybody else. Yeah. And you can decorate it, and you you put on you put you uh, draw on it with a toothpick, and then set your intention into the candle, and then um, you decorate it, and then you you um, charge the candle with a meditation, and then they get to take it home and burn it for. You can either burn nine hours or for nine days, because nine is the number of completion. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and the perfect, uh, the perfect sort of uh, special class for a place that sells candles. Right. But so, uh, without further ado, let's jump into uh, Westhill Manor. So I, I'm not sure how much we shared on the podcast about how we came to start investigating that location and stuff. Uh, Beth and I gave a a lecture to a local Masonic lodge. They were interested in hearing about the paranormal, and so we we went and gave the gave a lecture about just what we do and stuff, and how we investigate, and some of our experiences. And Joe, who's one of the caretakers of West Hill, approached us afterwards and and mentioned this this space to us and said he'd like us to come investigate. We went by and checked it out, investigated it, got some uh, some evidence, and uh, long story short, we're now sort of um, well, Beth really mainly is is handling the. The scheduling and the and the vetting of um, paranormal groups that come in and actually investigate. They can rent the space and investigate from basically 7 a.m. until, well, 2 a.m. is kind of the limit. Uh, most people call it quits around 11 or 12, but there was like a few hardcore groups. 6 p.m. to six, 6 p.m. Sorry. 7 a.m. That's a long investigation. 6 p.m. I meant to say 7 p.m. Sorry. Yeah, 6 p.m. until basically, you know, 2 a.m. at the most. But yeah, and so we just kind of. Yeah, we have equipment there that if people need it, they can use it, but most people bring their own. And, and yeah, so so we have been investigating, and, and it's funny trying to explain this to, to Joe and Judy that, you know, they kept wanting to, they kept wanting to pay us and they kept wanting to like take us out to dinner, which they eventually did. And it was interesting just trying to explain to them like, look, we, we don't want payment. Like this, just getting access to this building is, is payment in itself, right? We all the money. It's thirty dollars per person, and it all goes back into the West Hill Manor. We don't get a dime of that money. It goes up to the upkeep of that house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We we were trying to. We I, I think they're getting it now, but like we, it took us a while to to explain to them that like no, just look, our payment is just getting access to the site and getting the chance to investigate it over and over again, which is which is, I mean that's that's our payment right there. Um, but actually, but so I have a clip here of Judy giving a, um, a history, like a quick history lecture to um, one of the latest groups that came in and investigated. And so I'll just play that now and then we can comment. Here we go. About the house, I'm explain that to you. I mean, we're, we're trying to think we would know by now, it's like the 50s. <laughs> and he's so good, they're so good at it. I just like <laughs> but Like I said, I'll let her do it. <laughs> Okay, so you guys ready? She'll tell you a little bit about yeah, the house? Okay. So some people like to know and some people don't. So well, we won't yeah. tell you anything other than just the history of the sure, house. Maybe that whatever you learn or hear or see, maybe it'll make sense to you. Um, the house was built between 1797 and 1799. 
the Emlins had it built. The Emlins had just gotten married and moved to Philly, and um, the yellow fever broke out in Philadelphia. So they figured now was the time to come and build their country home. So they bought land from, there used to be another large uh, manor house across the street, down the street here, it was called Oxmead. They bought land from their uncle, Cox, and they started building here and they moved in 1799. Um, all went well until 17, no, 1813, and Susanna discovered a breast, a breast cancer, or discovered a lump in her left breast and tried everything that she could they knew in those days um but her brother-in-law there's a soda bottle up there and that's dr physic um he at the time was head of surgery at the university of pennsylvania and he finally talked her into actually having surgery done um she was not happy it was a last resort no anesthesia no antibiotics which means basically either you died of shock or loss of blood or you died of infection a little bit later. So it was like not something you wanted to jump right into, but he finally convinced her. And um, on the second floor in her bedroom, they actually did the surgery, lasted about 20 minutes. Um, they took out a tumor and weighed about a pound, but she laid there on the table for about an hour before she could get up from the table to the bed. And there she stayed for 14 hours before she felt like she said everything pain every part of her body was in pain um and she finally was able to ease up enough that she was finally able to fall asleep but she did survive uh, she lived until 1819 when the cancer came back and um, she finally said enough is enough that she just came home and let it run its course um, the house then um in 1851 it was purchased by a woman named Eliza Gurney. Yeah, so I just want to stop there for a second because uh, because she she mentions this woman who who uh, had breast cancer breast cancer in the uh, oh sorry I meant to mute that um, that had breast cancer surgery in in the, in the in the home in the upstairs bedroom because we have an interesting EVP later that. Uh, when you're addressing, mm -hmm. you're addressing her directly uh, and, and seem to seem to answer. So, yeah. So we'll we'll get to that a little later, a little bit later. She had married a Joseph Gurney from England. Um, very influential people, and their big thing was to do social reform throughout Europe. So she joined her husband, and they went to King and Queen of France, of, of Russia, of Persia. Um, trying to reform schools, uh, workhouses, and child labor, and also slavery, just trying to stop it through the, the um, islands. So when he passed away, she came back here and purchased the house here, but she continued her social work. And in 1862, she went down to see President Lincoln with three other people from Burlington, and these were all Quakers. Um, up to this point. Matter they've been Quakers almost until the 1900s. And she was conflicted, like all Quakers. We don't believe in slavery, but we don't believe in war. So she went down and talked to President Lincoln and um, prayed with him and told him that however God led him to handle the Civil War, that the Quakers would stand behind him. 
and she prayed with him and they said when she finally left he was in tears he was so moved so what maybe a year later or so she received a letter from him um, saying will you please correspond with me and they did they corresponded back and forth and and some of the wording that she used in her letters like fire a trial by fire he used when he talked to Congress so he was influenced by her and uh, when he was when he was killed they found her first letter still in his jacket pocket said it was worn and um, treasured up is what they called it in the newspaper so she passed away here in 1881 and she's buried down in, in um, Burlington in the cemetery down there for the Prince. So since that point it just went through the family for a bit and then uh, finally the last family who, who lived here was the Kellers. Mr. Keller, Dr. Keller was the doctor, was head of, head of uh, something. I'm not sure what the department was, but at the hospital, he was the head there. So they had the money also to make sure the house was kept well. It brought, they brought it back from that gingerbready that um, Eliza had done because it was Victorian. He brought it back to the colonial the way it should be. Um, most of the architecture in the house is original. Um, you'll notice some of the windows are wavy, they're original. So we were very lucky to get a historic register on the architecture of the house and to be in such good shape for so many years. Um, it's amazing. But everyone who lived here loved it and took good care of it. It's owned, like I said, by the Masonic, Masonic Charity Foundation. We have a, um, an agreement with them. We take care of the house as much as we possibly can. You know, any big work, maintenance, they'll take care of. We try to do everything else we can here. So I hope we've done the same thing. Yeah. So um, you're welcome to explore. We have a cellar, three stories. The attic, I wouldn't. The ladder broke. Someone going up the ladder. You can get up there. It's dirty. It is a stand-up attic. I've been up there several times. Um, but the ladder is kind of rickety going yeah, up. Yeah, you just have a party, you can't get up. Yeah, I mean, you can try and pick your head, you can probably reach right out. They get picked up. Yeah, so just, you know, just be careful. But you're welcome to look in all the rooms. Is the furniture original? No. Nothing. No. no. When we took it over, it was basically empty. How was it? Okay. And we picked yeah. up furniture from a state sale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, stores yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and a lot of lot of donations. People have been yeah. very generous. A lot of donations. Yeah, yeah, it's original. It does. Yeah, I, it would be wonderful. Most of the stuff something. is original to the style. Yeah, but like the, yeah, 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 the dining room furniture. That's the kind of furniture that would have been there in the 1700s when the house was built. So we tried to be that. All the colors that you see on the walls are authentic to the time period. And when we restored it, we did it in two time periods. One colonial. For the people, the Emelins who built the house, and the other was um, Victorian for Eliza Gurney when she lived here. So there's uh, two rooms over to the side that are done in Victorian, and one bedroom upstairs. The rest of the house is all done in colonial. I have a question Was uh, uh, Masonics here while uh, Susan and the family here? Was that was, was, was after it? Yeah. 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 It was all after the uh, yeah, that's what I forgot to say, or started to tell you, forgot. The Kellers, they were the last private owners of the house. Okay. 
and Mr. Keller passed away and Mrs. Keller stayed here and she sold the property and the house to the Masonic Charity Foundation on the um, on the condition that she could live here until she passed. Okay. So that was about 92, I think she passed around 92 and 93 and then the men took over. Yeah, I was reading online to see if there was a kind of a, uh, I guess, a correlation between the Quakers and the Masonics and I didn't find anything. Okay, I think we end it right there. We got the gist of the yeah of the history. That was pretty cool. I'm glad I recorded that because we've been saying you know we want to give the history lecture to people, mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, but then we don't know it ourselves by heart because normally we don't want to know that kind of thing. We investigate. We don't want to know anything ahead of time. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's it's good that I finally got that recorded. And uh, so that's a good little background on the on the history. And so, yeah. So, so basically, we got access to to the home almost whenever we wanted to. We just started investigating it on Friday and Saturday nights. Started. I mean, what did we really experience anything right right off the bat, or was it? I, th I think it was pretty quiet initially, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. It seemed really quiet at first, and it seems like. You know, some groups come in and it's very active. Some groups come in and it's very, very dead. Um, no pun intended. But for us, it seems like the more time we spend there, the more things we're hearing and sensing and experiencing and recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems to be, anyway. I have some EVPs here that I'm going to share. So, okay, so here we go. So this first, uh, this first EVP is... Um, we were walking around doing a walk through the house just before there was another group that was on their way there and we were just walking through making sure lights were on and that kind of stuff and uh, and I heard this this breath really loudly I was listening to my recorder in real time and it, it was loud to me I mean it's you can hear it on here it seems a little faint on, on replay but it was, it was at the time it was very loud so here we go just check People run upstairs before they get here. So I'm just gonna check. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, so you can hear it. Like, uh. <laughs> well, it sounds almost sounds like somebody like crying or. Coughing. <laughs> Coughing, maybe? Yeah, like it's a, it's like weird rapid breathing. So here's a, here's another good example of a very, very common EVP that's caught just, you know, that's usually like, like a whisper or it's humming or, or something like that. Yeah. So now this is this is when you and I and Marty were there, and we were the only ones in the house at the time. So this this female voice is it was right in the room. It's right next to us, but that wasn't no. it wasn't it wasn't one of us. And no. <laughs> yeah. So I'll play the whole thing. You can hear you actually start reacting to it. Thank you. 
You're like, oh, I just heard a... Something. Yeah, and that beeping is the equipment. Yeah, that was our little... Um, what, is, what is that thing called? It's like a little triangle motion sensor. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that was going off. It was near this chair. And, uh, and, and you know, yeah, then we pick up this little hum right next to us there. So did it come from the chair? I don't know. It came out of nowhere. This one I like. This is, uh, again, when we're at the house, just kind of opening up, getting ready for one of the teams coming in. And you start addressing, they just talking out loud to the spirits of the house. And, and actually, we, there's, an, there's another answer. And at, at this point, it's only Beth and myself in the house. There's no other people in the house at all. There's no one on the property. We're the only ones out there. And it's far from the road. It's, there's no way this is, you know, from outside or something. So this is pretty cool. to visit you're like a click like a high and then a high there's like a yeah. noise knock and it's almost like you did you i mean did you hear this at the time because it sounds like you almost like you answer i don't remember maybe maybe yeah maybe <laughs> i don't remember i was from i think that was a long time i was that was from uh, a few months ago yeah it was yeah mm. yeah that was like january february range yeah i don't know we've been there a lot lately yeah this is a this is a uh, a pretty cool and this is one that's pretty unique to West Hill. I don't think we've caught anything else like this there, but this is again while myself, you and Marty were there, the only ones there, and uh, we can hear somewhere in the hallway or in the stairwell somewhere near us. There's like a door latch. It sounds like it clicks, like someone trying to open a door, like one of those old or old latches. Uh, it's pretty loud. Even Marty commented, it sounds like it sounded like a gate or something. So, here we go. Here to visit. Whoops. Wrong one. What was that? That was downstairs. That sounded like a gate or something. Metal or something. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a like a door latch. Mm-hmm. Like one of those old-timey door latches. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next one. Oh, this is, um, this is again, with oh, when the three of us were there. Mm-hmm. And you heard it, and I heard it, too. It sounded like a, a sneeze, and you thought initially it was me. But hmm. definitely wasn't me. sound like a sneeze mm-hmm. that's pretty good and that's you know again one of those common little weird noises that you hear yeah so this one that i touched on i mentioned earlier is very 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 low in playback um but I'll, i mean i'll crank it up as, as much as i possibly can so I can see if we can see how well it translates so just be aware this one's pretty low but it's definitely there 
and it was you and myself upstairs in Susanna's bedroom mm-hmm. where this where she was basically laying you know you know, to recover from this surgery that she performed, uh, which was the first ever breast cancer surgery. In the United States, and it was right in New Jersey at yeah. West Hill Manor. West Hill Manor in Burlington, yeah. And that's actually registered in, like, the yeah. medical uh, museum or whatever. So it's, it's a legitimate registered fact. Um, and so we were in that room, and we were just asking questions. And Beth, having spent, you know, 20 years in the medical field, uh, just has a sense of just how to talk to people that are having health issues or that are recovering or that are having health problems or whatever, uh, just with so many years of experience in that field. She, so she was really tapping into to Susanna at this point. And if you even remember, I remember you like shivering and just, and like kind of popping up for a second because you felt like somebody had dripped an ice cube mm. You know, someone had held an ice cube on the back of your neck, and, it, and the cold water had run down your spine, and you just kind of popped up really quick. Right. Uh, and it's something we thought about, and that may have been a way they may have been giving her ice cubes or whatever, just to kind of. Well, water they would have, yeah, been giving her just to keep her hydrated. Yeah, like I wonder if they were at, at one point giving her ice just to kind of help calm her down, and yeah, if she had a fever, maybe help with inflammation or something. Yeah, fever. I'm sure she had a fever, recovering from that. My God. Um, but so anyway, so, so we're having this conversation and you're sensing this and you're feeling, and you're feeling her there. And so you start direct speaking directly to Susanna and it sounds like we got a response from, I mean, there's a response from a female. It seems like an intelligent response. So here we go. I feel like they took great care of you here after your surgery and before and during. That was my fault. I feel like they took great care of you here after your surgery and before and during. Would you say that was true? Yes. Yeah, again. It's it's, like, yes, they did, or yes, you can hear yes, but you can tell she's healing. And so, yeah. So, yeah, and again, in the playback, it's really hard to hear, but man, when we initially played that back straight from the recorder, uh, it's it's much louder, but that's still, you can still hear it there. And uh, it's just interesting that you're, you're feeling this person, you were sensing. This, this woman, you were feeling physical sensations that kind of made sense in context. And then, you know, then we get this direct yeah. answer from, from a female in that, in that space where she would have been laying and probably in a very weakened condition. So that weak, like, labored voice kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's pretty cool. So, yeah, so that's all the EPs we have to share for West Hill. I do have more, but, you know, we'll save more for, for a later episode. And we're actually, you know, we still go there. I haven't been as of late too much, uh, but for a while there. I mean, everything every weekend in January, last January, we were there every weekend. Yeah, we have some coming up, but we had a little, little, little break. 
Which is fine because we've been going every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is great. We're not complaining. It's just that when, when we were booked every weekend, it was, uh, it was, yeah. it was rough. Just, <laughs> you know, going there until two and midnight and, but, uh, but yeah. So yeah, I wanted to give you all an update on, you know, sort of where we've been and what we've been doing and wanted to share a little bit of evidence from West Hill Manor in Burlington, New Jersey. Again, uh, I'll put links in the, on the episode page in case uh, anyone is listening and they're local, they want to actually book West Hill for an investigation. Like Beth mentioned earlier, it's $30 per person and uh, you get access to the whole building and uh, even the outside, which is the grounds are huge. It's acres and acres and acres um, from 6 p.m. until, you know, midnight, one, two, whenever you... Yeah, it's a nice place to investigate. It has heat and, and electric. It has air condition. It has bathrooms, so... Yeah, that's a huge... It's a nice place to investigate. Yeah, that yeah, the bathrooms and heat and air conditioning is a huge uh, bonus because a lot of these places you investigate, you know, missing floors and walls and <laughs> there's not mm. there aren't working bathrooms and stuff like that, so that's a challenge sometimes. But yeah, this place is gorgeous. It's been well maintained. It was, you know, after the after the Masonic Lodge purchased it and you know sort of took control of it, they use it as an office, and so the Grandmaster's office was upstairs, actually in the in the operation prep room. Or Susanna would have had her, you know, prep for her surgery. Became the Grandmaster's office, and um, and like you heard uh, Joe and Judy mention in that little clip, that they went out to estate sales and have had you know donations given to them and stuff. So they've refurnished the place and really made it look. It, I mean, and even the painted the walls the right colors, and really did you know a couple of the different rooms and and you know in the federal style and the colonial style and and you know there's a gigantic hearth in the kitchen that you know has all the the big iron like arm over the goes over the fire that they used to cook on and stuff and and so a lot of the original woodwork and doors are still in there original flooring and uh, but it's just it's it's very well maintained so it's it's a beautiful place so so yeah so we just wanted to bring you up to speed is there anything that you want to plug that you have coming up um, any classes or anything like that well we have the West Hill Manor event June twenty fourth. That's right, June 24th. Looking for vendors. It's psychic healing kind of event, but we're looking for all crafters and vendors. And it's 11, June 24th, 11 to 5, and then at about 7 p.m. we're doing a paranormal investigation. So that's on Eventbrite. You can look that up and purchase tickets, and all that money goes to West Hill Manor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that reminder. And I'll put links for the Eventbrite page and stuff like that in the episode page as well. Uh, anything else you have coming up? I know you got your your uh, psychic development classes that are always going on. Um, I'm trying to think. We're well. We're starting a, like a grief counseling at the center, life and balance for people who um, have lost loved ones to just gather together uh, at the center, life and balance on Main Street in Medford, 45 South Main Street, and. Trying to, what else do we have? That's right. Up? Thanks for reminding me. I knew there was something. There was an event coming up. I knew it was trying to remember that. Well, that, that was it. And then May, we're going to be well, at Penhurst. May nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty-first. We're supposed to help out at Penhurst. Oh yeah, there's with... the, the Penhurst Paracon is coming back, and yeah, we may be helping out with that. You know, help running tours or whatever. Um, so yeah, so that's coming up. I will be at. Selma Mansion, doing readings on May 13th. 
Nice. And that's in Norristown, Pennsylvania, by Norristown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's another cool old historic home that, you know, they do, they do a lot of events and psychic events and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. I think, uh, I think that's everything I wanted to cover. I wanted to just to ask everybody, and if you, if you listen to the podcast and you like it, just, um, take an extra minute to, uh, give us a, give us a rating. I think most people are listening on Apple podcasts. So if you'd, uh, just give us a, give us a five-star rating, we really appreciate it. That'll help, um, move us up in the, in the ratings and the rankings and, uh, allow more people to, to hear us. Uh, you may have heard the last episode, my interview with Peter Corey, there's going to be a follow-up to, to the Peter Corey, um, saga. It's going to be, uh, it's, you know, episode three of that, um, of that, uh, story. And I'm going to be speaking with Bill Chalker and Dr. Horace Drew that did the DNA testing on the hair. So that's hoping that like, it's going to be going to be happening soon. I'm not sure when there's no date set yet, but that, that is up, up and coming. So, so look out for that. And like I said, look out for the website and, um, look out for the, um, subscriber only material, which will be coming soon. It'll be the, the, the bunker inner chambers. We'll have some candid, uh, clips, interviews back. You're going to kind of go backstage through in some of our investigations and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so look out for that. That'll be pretty cool. So, Anyway, thanks uh, everyone for joining us, and we will yeah, see you, thank you next time. Have a good evening. In the bunker. <laughs>